Monday morning. I know something is up when I first step into Williamson. Folks are quiet as hell. Well, whispering, really, in little huddles in the halls and the atrium like they're discussing plays during a basketball game. Good afternoon and welcome to our next edition of the Hate You Give podcast. I'm Mrs. Huff and with me today is Miss Wilson. Thank you for being here today. So um, I'm really excited because this week I want to start a new sacred reading practice. We've been doing Lectio Divina and we've done it about five times. And so I want to introduce a new sacred practice. This one coming from the Jewish tradition. It's called Havrutha. And Havrutha is where you take a piece of the text that maybe you have a question about and you read the text and then you ask your question and you have to speculate an answer and then ask the other person about their feelings, thoughts, and answers and that the true answer is supposed to lie between you because the beauty in Havrutha is that they say it is not about a teacher when you are studying the Torah, uh, that it is about the two of you, you and your study buddy, and what the two of you think. It's a living document. So we ask a question, we both have to answer, and we both have to decide from what each of us have said the answer is between us. And I'm excited to try this. What do you think? I'm excited to try it too. (laughs) Thanks. So this week we're reading chapter 11, which is where um, Star's all-white Williamson School, prep school, is protesting Khalil's death. So... some of the students are protesting and some of them choose to go back to class after they hear that Star has stayed in class. And she says, they act like I'm the official representation of the black race. They owe me and they owe me an explanation. I think I understand though. If I sit out a protest, I'm making a statement. But if they sit out a protest, they look racist. And my question is, why do I want to explore like this group mentality? Mm-hmm. So why why does her school protest in the first place if they don't believe it? Why do some people go along with the protest and then realize that not everyone is and feel bad and come back and go back to class? Like I'm wondering about why they don't just do what feels right to them the first time. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe it's because this is hard to know what's right. That maybe there are some students who don't have a whole lot of experience because they go to Williamson and they don't really know anything about it. But a lot of people on the internet are saying this is bad. And so they were going to say it was bad. But then like the only person that lives in Garden Heights that they know isn't in the protest. So that makes them confused. What do you think? Well, I think group mentality is f- originates well before social media, <laughs> um, but social media has made it a lot worse. So I think that we are constantly judging ourselves against the crowd, and a lot of us feel like we want to be accepted by the crowd or even just our inner crowd, like our mm-hmm. small circle. And so that really weighs hard on our choices. While at the same time, we already know from the book that Star does stand out at Williamson and she's very careful about the person that she 
is at that school. She doesn't want to stand out too much. She doesn't want to stand out too much. She understands that her actions are interpreted very differently at Williamson than they are um, at her home and in her home neighborhood. And so she spends her days really dealing with who she wants people to see. But Khalil's death is such a deep hurt for her that that, that goes weighs, out the window. Right. Or not necessarily out the window, but what is the truth behind the protest? Right. So if this protest were to have taken place in her neighborhood, would she have participated? Sure. And so the group mentality really changes. And I think it's interesting that everyone wants to explain themselves to her for her choices. Now they're looking for acceptance from her, whereas she is generally looking for acceptance from them in this place. So she's, they're all coming to her to like say that they're not racist. Pretty much. Um, and, you know, that, that reminds me of a radio program that I listen to pretty much whenever they're discussing hard hitting topics. Um, Almost always, there's someone who calls in and says, well, I'm not a racist because I have black friends, but I'm just going to say. And the host always stops them and is like, if you start with, I have friends of a different race, but what you're about to say is racist. Uh, and I think we do this with everything. So for me, I stand out as oftentimes I'm the only self-proclaimed feminist mm-hmm. or I'm the only self-proclaimed Jewish person, because even though only half my family is Jewish, I cling to that side of my family values. And so people might make a joke about Mm -hmm. that is interpreted as anti-woman. So, oh, but I'm not. (laughs) Or might make a Jewish joke. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism out there these days. So the I'm not, but the but is really the key factor, I feel. If you have to say but. Well, and I don't like... So my mom was a philosophy major in college. And so I was raised by somebody who had come out of the hippie movement and was a philosophy major and became an English teacher who studied literature and multiple interpretations of it and multiple religions and multiple religious texts and encouraged me to question and my sister to question and would Mm -hmm. say things like, pick a cloud in the sky. If you concentrate on it, you can move it with your mind. That was sort of the religious upbringing that I was given, which is very non-traditional. And the sort of hippie in me from my mother really just wants to stop classifying people. Yes. And we have all of these groups. And I think that anytime we belong to a group, it helps us to feel connected But I think it also hurts us because if we are a group, we are dividing ourselves away from other people and we're seeing ourselves different from others. And every time we do that, it's better to see, it's better to see how we're alike rather than how we're different and that we are all people and we all have ways that we hurt and we all have things that make us happy. And if you're looking to a representation of the people who are black to explain why you're not racist then that right there means that you probably have some racist tendencies. Well, and if we want to go back to the group mentality part of the question, 
So the living in groups is an evolutionary need Mm -hmm. that originated out of like fending for food, defending against animals or other clans. And so this group mentality is really a necessity to survive, but through technological advancements and through Mm -hmm. advancements in society, it has moved towards this need for acceptance. We don't necessarily need one another to survive anymore because we have electric stoves and cell phones and social media, but now we need the acceptance because as a society we've grown into it. So the it takes a village to raise a child, instead of all raising, you know, all of our children together and being neighbors and uh, in the Mr. Rogers sense, we are now looking at just making each other feel good uh, mm-hmm. and posting the beautiful things that we can on social media. And that's another moment in this text coming up in a couple of weeks that I really want to talk about too that gets me, the social media. Um, and, and I hope to talk more about that next week when we read chapter 12. Um, thank you so much for being with me and doing this with me. Is there a question or anything about the text that you would like to bring up? Maybe not from this point, but at any point so far in your reading. Is there something that's been burning in you about this text? Um, I'm really wondering um, if Star will be able to have her two worlds collide Mm. and make it through it. I love that. You know, my first, the very first quote I wanted to talk about in this podcast was the one on identity where she said that, you know, she didn't belong at the party either of herself. And so we knew right from the beginning that she felt like she was two people. And that can't be good for us. I know why she's doing it. But both of those halves of her personality are her. And if we could just learn to like, have her her family and her friends from Garden Heights have dinner with, like, her boyfriend and boyfriend's family. And I don't know that that'll ever happen, but I'd love right. to see it happen. I'd like to see. And it's hard, you know, I feel like we all wear different masks, which we talked about in my class. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean us, that doesn't mean that we're um, not our true selves when we put on it's code switching right Mm -hmm. which is a healthy part of life because my teacher self and my personal self are different people but they're both me sure I don't talk to my three and a half year old the same way I talk to high school students but having it be a really rigid line is the difficult part and not feeling like your two worlds can intersect is the difficult part sure yeah because I have kids who call me mom here And I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Um, Thank you for doing this with me. And everybody else, please tell us what you think about this quote and the rest of the chapter on Edsby or on Twitter where I will post this. And if you have questions, post them. I look forward to doing more with Havrutha in the future. Thank you.